0: Welcome to Unsung Stories, where we'll be chatting to unacclaimed mummers in the Christian world who love Jesus, are faithfully seeking to know and love God more, and pointing their families to Him. I'm your host, Laura Smith, and I hope that you will find solidarity with a regular mum living out the gospel in regular ways, and be encouraged in your own unsung story. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unsung Stories. Today we're going to be chatting with Rosie about her experience with miscarriage and a season of infertility, and what God has taught her about Himself during that time, and what it means to be living faithful and obedient to Him. But before we jump into that, I'd love to ask you to do two things. Firstly, can you please be keeping this podcast in your prayers? Just be praying that we might be faithful to God and His Word uh, in all that we do here, and that we might really be encouraging mums in this season of motherhood. It would also be great if you could jump onto whatever platform you're listening to this show on and subscribe and leave a review. It's that sort of stuff that will help get us in the ears of Christian mums who need Jesus in this season. As a thank you, I'd love to send you a really cute vinyl sticker. Just jump onto Instagram and send us your details at Unsung Stories Podcast or go to our website and contact us through there. We only have a limited amount so please get onto it quickly. But now into today's episode with Rosie. Hi, Rosie, and welcome to Unsung Stories. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. So just so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better, would you mind telling us a little bit about your family life and what your days look like and maybe some things that um,
1: you get joy from? Sure. Yes. So I'm Rosie. Uh, I'm married to Matt. Um, We've been married for seven years. Uh, I have a beautiful boy called Archer. He's two. Um, I grew up in Sydney, but um, Matt and I moved to the Central Coast two years ago, just before Archer was born, and we love it up here. And my week, I spend a lot of time with Archer, and I work for an amazing charity called Adara, I also um, do watercolor drawings, illustrations on the side just for fun and it just turned into a bit of a business that I paint portraits of families or I paint people's houses for them Um, and I paint my own things and make prints and sell them. So it's turned into a little bit of a business, which is cool. It's called Illustrated by Rosie.
0: Oh, what a fun little hobby.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: Great. So is two, so yep. he's still pretty young and you're relatively new to the game. Uh, how has the transition to motherhood been for you?
1: Yeah, I I was one of those kids who always wanted to be a mum. I would say, oh, I want to be a housewife when I grow up. Though, so becoming a mum for me just felt like that's what I always wanted to do. You know, when Matt and I decided to have um, to start trying, we didn't fall pregnant straight away, but we fell pregnant relatively quickly, and then I had a really beautiful pregnancy with him—a birth that's as, as you know as good. But you were that woman <laughs>
0: that we all don't really like—like <laughs> like glowing, beautiful, It's like oh, joyous pregnancy oh, and sneezes the baby just, out. Yeah, not quite. Um, <laughs>
1: There was still a lot of, anyway, Um, but it was, it was as I expected, you know, it was this kind of really beautiful experience and becoming a mum felt really natural. And I really, really enjoyed that first year that I had. I mean, apart from the lack of sleep and the sore of (laughs) baby, I really, really enjoyed being a mum. And I was kind of like, yeah, this is it. I've arrived. So motherhood's
0: obviously had some real highs for you, uh, but it also has had some pretty big lows. Would you feel comfortable sharing them with us?
1: Yeah. So, so Archer turned one and Matt and I thought, okay, like we're ready to start thinking about number two. And so after a couple of months, we started trying for number two and we fell pregnant really quickly at the start of this year. And I was like, awesome. Great. Too easy. Let's let's do it and then I was six and a half weeks pregnant and I had a miscarriage it's really hard really. Um, and it was awful and even though you know the statistics that one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage yeah
0: but you don't want to be one of them though no
1: and when it happens to you it's really surreal still and and the grief of it hit me much harder than I thought mm. it would Yeah, it totally shook me.
0: So it's been a bit of an emotional journey. In what
1: ways has it affected your faith during that time? Yeah, massively. I think I went through some of the typical responses Mm. to grief. At first, I was a bit in shock, and I was like, "That's okay. I can do this. Um, No worries. We'll just get on the bandwagon again. again, We'll. um, It's going to be fine." I was still posting really happy things on Instagram. So that was the first phase. And then after that, it was, I think it was when we started trying again, the impact of it and the anxiety that comes with trying again after loss hit me like mm-hmm. a ton of bricks. And I felt really angry and I really confused and we didn't fall pregnant mm-hmm. again. And as the months went on, I started to become really upset and um, really anxious about what was going to happen. When was I going to fall pregnant? What does this mean for Archer? And how far apart is he going to be from his next sibling? And what does that mean for us? And how many children we can have? And, you know, all these kind of rational or irrational mm. thoughts and questions go through your mind. And, and on top of it all, um, the week after or two weeks after I had the miscarriage, we went into full mm. lockdown because of COVID. Uh, and it was a really isolating mm. time. So you're really stuck in your own thoughts and your own head. Really mm. stuck. Yeah. When that happened, the only place I had to turn to, apart from my poor husband, <laughs> who was really holding it Mm. together for me was God. He was the one that I I had Mm. to turn to. And I turned to him in a big way. You know, I poured out my soul to him every day. I was reading and like scouring his word for encouragement and comfort and hope. And I was, I mean, I feel like you can tell (laughs) exactly how I was feeling by my Instagram (laughs) stories throughout that time you know (laughs) I'd post verses that were just were encouraging to me or or like I could relate to you know I'd never really gone through anything like this Mm. in my life and suddenly all those verses about suffering and about grief and longing and trials and they all suddenly just were that was Mm. me right now And so yeah for me in my faith it looked like just turning to God because I had nowhere else to go. And during that time, was there
0: anything in particular that shifted in your perspective of motherhood? I mean, your expectations and your experience changed and so did that change your totally.
1: your thinking and the way you viewed your role as a mother? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, here I was thinking Motherhood comes easily to me. It's it's natural. It's good. And suddenly, I'm I'm having all of these questions of: Am I going to be able to mm. have more children? What if I only have Archer? Yes. What does that mean for me and my identity as a as a mother? And I couldn't even believe that I would think only Archer. You know, as if he wasn't enough. There was so many feelings of guilt and confusion. And you know, I just would look at other women around me. And obviously, when you're in times of Um, struggle in whatever it is you always look at the people who have what you want and so I would look at other women at church who had pumped out four kids and I was just like oh you're so lucky I want to be like that I just want I want to I want to have lots of kids what I'm going through is hard and what or that what they think that they're going through is hard but I want to I want to be having that hard experience not this hard experience and yeah you know it was really challenged me because I was like I'm I'm now not the mother I thought I was going to be. The hopes and dreams of my childhood are not being realised. And who am I if not a mum? And I am still a mum. But who am I if not the mother I thought I would be? And, yeah, that was really big because I realised that no matter what you find your identity in, in a worldly sense, those things can be taken away from you. So what are you left with? Very very humbling. Yeah. So you know, in all of this, um, I kept coming back to God's word to find answers and asking God, you know, what what does this mean? What are you doing in my life? And I know you're probably doing something, but I, I can't see what it is right now. I can't see the bigger picture. Help you to see the bigger picture. And in particular, I came across, you know, intentionally came across the stories of several mothers in the Bible and was encouraged by each of them, I suppose. So one of the first was Sarah. Abraham's wife back in Genesis. She's barren. She she cannot have children. And yet God promised her and her husband, Abraham, that it was through her descendants, through Abraham's descendants, that the nation of Israel would come about. And yet here she is, she's like, I don't know, 80 or 90 or something, and she hasn't had any children yet. And eventually, she has a son because God was faithful to his promise. Okay. And even in Hebrews, it says that by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. So I was like, okay, so, yeah, that's Sarah. And and she was kind of like the start of the genealogy of Jesus. And, I mean, next comes this... Mm somewhat random Canaanite woman called Tamar. She's not even part of the Jewish people and yet she is uh, married to Judah's son. Her experience in marriage is awful. Two of her husbands die and all kinds of hatred because of her association with their deaths, even though it was Mm. God who struck them down. And Judah, her father-in-law, is not faithful to her and does not allow her to marry his third son, so that she can provide the family with an heir, which is her whole role in that family. And she is so heartbroken that she's been cast aside that she ends up tricking Judah and dressing as a prostitute to sleep with her so that she can conceive sons for his household. And it's because of her fear and faithfulness in the God of the Israelites that she does that. Through that obedience and through that crazy risk taking, she conceives a son, two sons, twins, who also end up being in the line of Jesus. So her journey to motherhood was really horrible. And yet God chose to use that, this random Canaanite lady. And then Mm. there's Rahab, who's a prostitute, also not a Jewish woman. And she's led a life of shame and yeah, has no doubt had a very hard and horrible life as a prostitute. And God chose to Mm. unite her with Salmon, who was a Anyway, through her faithfulness, she becomes a mother to a son in the line of Jesus,
0: and all these other women who are struggling with barrenness as well, like Jacob's mother Rachel, who's Joseph's, wife, yes, Jacob's
1: wife. There's so many. <laughs> Samson's mother Hannah. Hannah <laughs> it's just Hannah's cry out to God in one Samuel was yeah. one of the biggest things that moved me and made me realise that. Mm it's okay to cry out to God for what you want. It's okay Mm. to cry out to God for the things that are on your heart that are distressing you, that you are longing for. And actually in doing that, she's being faithful and trusting God and giving everything over to God and God blesses her with a son. So her story is
0: amazing too. Children were really seen as a blessing in Jewish culture. And so to have a child was seen as God showing favour on you and blessing you and not having a child was seen as, oh, like, I don't know, a curse or God not blessing you. Yeah, so,
1: absolutely. Um, yeah, and and in all of these stories, like, they're, they're all very similar in that these women were obedient and faithful to God even in the midst yeah. of, what was culturally for them at the time extreme hardship and struggle because they weren't, you know, conceiving or they weren't, you know, they were waiting on God. Oh, so I find it pretty amazing that there's these multiple
0: examples in the Old Testament about how God was working through these women struggling with infertility. Like not only was he refining them through barrenness or using their grief to demonstrate his power and glory by allowing them to be pregnant, or even how he's faithful and generous in answering his prayer, but it was all part
1: and like a pretty miraculous part of his plan of salvation. Yes. And and not just what happened to these women and the, the experiences they went through, but who they were and who he mm. chose. Like he chose the the foreign prostitute who had lived a life of shame to be part of his family, or he chose the woman who David had an affair with outside of wedlock to be Mm. part of his family and his kingdom or he chose the 14-year-old virgin girl from some nothing town to be the mother of the saviour and she was totally humiliated by the fact that she'd fallen pregnant outside of marriage like
0: yeah he's just taken this really human experience and human suffering for god's ultimate plan for salvation yeah it's just a bit mind-blowing
1: Yes, and it's comforting too because, you know, it's it's not necessarily the amazing women with the amazing lives and all of the material blessings or whatever it is that are chosen by God to have his great purpose done through them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's often, yeah, the ordinary
0: unexpected
1: women. And so then I came to this passage in Luke, mm-hmm. Luke 11, where Jesus is driving out demons, um, and he's in—he's amongst this crowd, and there's a woman in the crowd, a Jewish woman, and she calls out to Jesus. She recognizes him for who he is i suppose and she calls out to him yeah which
0: is pretty bold i mean if people were arcing up saying you, you must be a demon you're driving out ge-
1: demons and then these women spoke up yeah, in the crowd. especially for a woman right like yeah that culture she calls out to him and says blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you because in jewish culture obviously to have a child is of great importance to have a boy is even better And to have a boy who goes on to be a successful preacher and teacher with crowds following you is really special. Your mum is blessed. What is your formula? (laughs) Teach
0: me. Your mum came to motherhood,
1: you know, like. Yeah, in in scorn and shame. Totally. And don't we do that now, even today? I don't know. It's blown me away. So she said, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. That's oh, what you'd expect. <laughs> yes. And all these women that I'd been reading about in the Bible, that's what they had done. They they weren't blessed because they were a mum. In fact, most of their lives they spent not being mums or the motherhood has not been the blessing. But their obedience to God and his call in their life and his plans and purposes is what has ultimately brought blessing. Mm,
0: It's
1: Um, that faithfulness in all. Yeah, and their trust and their hope in God. And, I mean, even for me, I I think back on the last few months and I think that's what God has been teaching me, that Mm. I'm not blessed by being a mum. Motherhood isn't it. Motherhood isn't the goal, but rather being obedient to God who I am in relation to God is what defines me and not whether I'm a mum or not, whether I'm a good mum or not, how many children I have, how close together they are, how well behaved they are, how beautiful they are, but that but that I am a child of God and and He calls me to obey Him and trust Him in all circumstances. Through that, I am blessed. Mm. So it's not your children, it's that living faithfully obedient
0: to Jesus. So we've got to the point that motherhood isn't the goal, but what does it actually look like to be faithful and obedient to the word? <laughs> like how, how, how do you think this would look in motherhood?
1: I think we can look at these mums in the Bible and see how they responded in faith. They were mm. patient in times of waiting to conceive. Mm. They were patient and they trusted God when God decided to use their children and in different ways. You know, Hannah, for example, after she'd, she'd longed for a child and, and pleaded with God to give her a child, and she said, I will dedicate him to the Lord. And as soon as he was weaned, she took him to the temple and there he lived for the rest of his life. Like She didn't even get to be with him, yeah. and, and yet they trusted God with what he had planned For them and for their children so what does that look like for us (laughs) yeah well like like what is having faith it's just that abandoning trust in everything
0: we have or can do and throwing yourself onto the mercy of Jesus so I guess in motherhood it's just relying on everything that he did to gain our salvation and living in full obedience to God from that yeah
1: which is hard sometimes because there are lots of distractions and motherhood can be really exhausting and tiring. And yeah, I think I think from reading these stories and being in God's word has shown me that to obey God's word, you need to be in his word. You need to have that as the sole text on which you and truth on which you rely. And knowing what God says in the Bible, it, it only helps you to be obedient so is there anything practical that you could offer to
0: help a mum in their own journey towards faithfulness and obedience to Christ, uh, especially
1: if they're feeling worn out and exhausted? I think it's, it is when we're worn out and exhausted, when we're at our wits' end or when we're despairing or crushed or um, it's in those moments that, that God is reminding us that we can't rely on our own strength our strength will fail us every day uh, in ways and that we can only get through because of his grace and we can only get through because of his strength that carries us. And so it's okay to be worn out and exhausted because it, it's it's God's reminder to us that we need him. And it's really in those moments when we, we
0: are humbly on our knees
1: that we can look
0: up and see God and it's such a gift.
1: Motherhood is is so fraught with pain and struggle and it's like from the day you start conceiving like trying to conceive Mm -hmm. it's so it's like it's full of anxiety and fear and I mean obviously it's full of (laughs) great stuff too you know there's so much blessing in it too but yeah and isn't motherhood the perfect Um, perfect experience through which to go through that will teach you to let go and give it over, let go of control because you cannot control what happens from the day you start trying to conceive you're not in control. And it's, and sometimes it's really confusing. Like, why did I lose that baby? Why is it taking me so long to conceive? Why is my child doing this? Why have you given me a child with special needs? What, you know, the questions are endless and we don't always know the answer and we can't always see the plan. And I think, um, so even when it says in Hebrews about Sarah, who was past child bearing age, she was able to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the Uh promise she had gone through all this stuff and could not see the outcome yeah and i
0: like that it said that she could see him as faithful as christians and we know god and we know he has these promises God is the one who's faithful first. Sarah Mm -hmm. knew God said that Abraham would be the father of all nations. And so she knew that that was to be the case. And she just could rest in that and trust in that. And I mean, she's just totally abandoned logic and Mm -hmm. trusted in the promises of God. And I still feel like we do that today. It's just relying entirely on Jesus and what he did to gain us salvation and trust that our children are God's and that he's going to take care of them and he's going to love them and, um, you know, that re- their relationships between them. It's not actually to do with us. Yeah, we and just, it's
1: not ours to control.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just need to be faithfully obedient in what God's given us, yep. uh, in caring for our children and stewarding them well and point them to Jesus, but we, we cannot make them. follow him that's their relationship and we can trust in God
1: so even though motherhood is fraught with yeah disappointment and longing and unmet expectations and hardship and struggle and suffering and loss and even though it's it's all of those things it's also a great blessing because it does force us to relinquish control and hand it over to God and God uses motherhood to draw us nearer to him and to make us more like him, to sanctify us. He's keeping his promises to us in all circumstances, whether we're mothers or not. Um, in any kind of season that we're going through, God is faithful to us and keeping his promises to us to make us more like Jesus. And mm. we can... We can rest in knowing and trusting that God is doing his good work in us, whatever the circumstance, even if it's one that we don't understand, we don't want, Mm. um, we can trust he's going to continue doing his work in us and he will follow it through to completion because that's what he said.
0: I find what you were saying in Hebrews really encouraging. And so Hebrews 11 is just by faith, by faith, by faith, this person trusted in God. And Hebrews 12 then says, therefore, so with mm. all the faith, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus Pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, that you that you will not grow weary and lose heart mm. in your struggle against sin. You have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as the Father addresses His Son? My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as children. For what children are not
1: disciplined by their father? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. How true is that? Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been Mm. trained by it. And it's Mm. so true. I mean, um, I I have a very um, short, I've lived a very short life and my experience is really limited. My experience of suffering has been somewhat limited too, but even I can see looking back on this year that the discipline that God was doing in me through the time of painful hardship has later on produced a harvest and and
0: peace. And God is a good God who we can trust and, and come to. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke
1: is easy and my burden is light. I think had I not had God you know in the dark months of this year it wasn't that I was just clinging to God because because nothing else was working mm. although nothing else was working <laughs> <laughs> it was that I clung to God because I fully trusted him even in the midst of pain even though I didn't know what he was doing because he's promised me These things. He's promised me he's good. He promises me that he is working for my good, that he is sanctifying me and he's making me like Jesus. He's refining me because that's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Friends, we hope and trust that you have found today helpful and encouraging in your call to live a faithful, obedient life to Jesus. Can we remind you that there is grace upon grace? God is a merciful God. We will stuff up in living faithfully every day. God is not expecting us to come before him perfect, but to come putting our trust in Jesus, who stands for us as the perfect one. Know that in all your struggles and stuff-ups, in parenting and life, there's forgiveness what a better model of parenting is there than a mama chasing Jesus with her life? Friends, to finish off today's episode, Rosie's going to be praying for us. I just encourage you to stop and take a minute and pray alongside her to your loving Heavenly
1: Father. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, for loving us. You are a good father. You love your children who you've adopted in Christ Jesus. Thank you for motherhood, Lord, uh, for the blessing and the curse that it is, for all the ways that it humbles us and makes us turn to you uh, and realise that we can't rely on our own strength but only on your grace and mercy. And thank you so much for your word and the way that you teach us about your character, um, and your plans and your purpose, and the way that you work, especially through the women of the Bible, um, and the yeah the things that they've taught me in particular. And Lord God, I pray for any mothers who are listening who are struggling right now, and I mean not just mothers but women, women who are struggling, struggling to conceive struggling with loss, struggling with all the hard times that come with being a mum, struggling with exhaustion, um, struggling with feeling like you're failing. Uh, Lord, I pray for these women. I pray that they would turn to you, that they would pour out their soul and their heart to you, Lord. That they would depend on you and lean on you and realise that they can't do it on their own pray that you would help them in their distress and help them in their hurt Um, and answer their prayers Lord and be with them and comfort them through your word, through your Holy Spirit and I pray also Lord for the women who are in seasons of real joy and happiness and blessing thank you Lord for the good things you give us thank you for babies and thank you for pregnancy thank you uh, for answered prayers thank you for our children thank you for marriage and all the wonderful things that you give us Lord Um, I just pray that even in these seasons, these times of blessing that we would still be turning to you that we would be praising you singing praises of thanksgiving for all that you've done and um and not forgetting that we still depend on you and you are all we need and that nothing else can compare to your goodness and your grace and your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.